Welcome to Dominating Your Investments, a podcast where you will learn about stocks, personal finance, and creating generational wealth. I'm your host, Dom Rinaldi. In this week's episode of Dominating Your Investments, I wanted to take some time to talk about the principles of investing and share 25 points of what for me have been best practices around investing in personal finance and really helping you build a plan so that way you can be successful in the stock market. So let's begin with our first point. Make sure your personal finances are in order before investing and you're not living in overwhelming debt. So often new investors in the market treat investing like gambling, Uh, trying to trade and get that big next stock that jumps 500% a day and goes public. All of that is very risky. It's by chance in a lot of ways of of what happens when companies go IPO or big news hits and you think you're going to make a big trade. Not to say that traders aren't successful because there are some that are, but majority of the time the statistics show after a certain amount of years, 80% of traders quit trading. I think it's like five years and and I wrote a paper about this that I'll be uh, putting out that talks about this, the difference of having a lifestyle of long-term investing versus trading. So you have to know yourself and know what your goals are. Why are you putting money into the market? And what is the outcome you're looking for? But before doing that, you want to make sure your personal finances are in order. Are you able to have six months of emergency money in case something catastrophic happens to you or a family member? Are you on track to pay your house off when your goals are set? Or uh, looking at uh, having lots of credit card debt, do you have that paid off? Is that accumulating and is that creating stress? Um, Because you want to make sure that you can and this goes into our second point, afford to not need that money for the next three to five years. If you're looking to invest, uh, really investing is for the long term. When we look at that word and what we're trying to do, we're, we're putting our faith in people and businesses that we believe in based on our research, our due diligence, and our confidence that they are going to make their business grow. And in turn, as being a shareholder and a company owner, that we're going to be rewarded for investing in their ideas, their vision, and their business. So you want to make sure you have time to let that grow because businesses aren't meant to flourish in a matter of 90 days or a year or even sometimes three years. So you have to make sure that you are okay with letting that money sit and grow and do its work and helping finance that company into their goals and their vision. Now, the third point is maxing out your Roth IRA every year, which is now $6,000 a year that you can do. The Roth IRA is the best vehicle you can utilize for investing in stocks because it's tax-free when you take it out. Now, there are some limits, so let's talk about that. Uh, You have to either wait until you're 59 to be able to take that out, which forces you to be a long-term investor with utilizing this vehicle, 
but you can have some exemptions on taking money out with penalty free on a Roth IRA. A lot of people don't know this, but you can use a Roth IRA for your children's education. And so um, I encourage you to look more into this. Like I said, I'm not a financial advisor. Uh, I'm not certified, but uh, these are facts and things that that I've done myself for investing and, and others uh, and other podcasts of, of people who are certified have talked about this. Um, so please reach out to a financial advisor to fact check me or if anything's changed. Um, but this is a great way to save for your kid's college fund and pick your investments. Whereas in a 529, typically a 529 fund for kids college is set into a certain fund, a conglomerate of stocks or bonds. And, uh, that's what you're investing in. You're not investing in the companies of your choice, the owners, the businesses you believe in 10 years from now will be a multi-bagger. Uh, but for your kids college, you can actually take that out penalty free before the age of 59. Uh, you also can take out money from a Roth IRA penalty free for your first home purchase. So there's a lot of benefits in the Roth IRA. Now there is only a $6,000 max. Uh, that you can do per year. But when you look at being a long-term investor, the power of compounding grows very quickly. So for myself, we have our kids' college in a Roth IRA. We have my retirement in, a, in my other Roth IRA. So one for my wife and, and for the kids uh, and one for myself. Um, so you want to make sure you're maxing that out. Um and then also there does become a certain limit where you cannot invest in a Roth IRA based on your income. Um, but there's also some other ways to invest in an IRA and then take advantage of what's called a backdoor Roth IRA uh, transition, which we'll talk about in, a, in another episode. Um, but really when it comes to this piece of investing, I, I do encourage you to find a financial advisor, a friend you trust, someone who knows exactly the ins and outs to make sure that your money is put in the best position for it to grow for you for the long term. Now, also, you want to make sure our fourth point here is maxing out your 401k with your employer. This is free money, folks, free money. This is probably the uh, easiest thing to, to comprehend when it comes to investing. When Why would you not invest in the maximum amount that your employer uh, allows you to invest in, pay taxes up front, uh, which is um, okay. Actually, I take that back. Um, we'll probably cut this part out. It's actually the taxes uh, you pay on the back end when you pull that money out and utilize it. So it's actually helping lower your tax uh, bracket there as being tax deferred. But you are getting that match made. Uh, which is excellent. So you're, you're compounding your money already that you're investing in that certain set percentage and doubling it. That's better than any return that you can get guaranteed from anything else out there in the market. Uh, now, point number five is, is one of my favorites because people don't know that this exists. Ask your broker if your employer offers a brokerage link uh, for your 401k plan. Uh, so certain brokers actually offer what's called brokerage link. Uh, I know Fidelity is one that does this with certain companies because it really is up to your employer to offer this um, to choose individual stocks instead of 
a slow growing fund that just matches the S&P. Um, now, if you want to just invest in index funds, that's fine. You're still going to do well. It's about the discipline and the consistency of investing that matters most. Uh, you know, my uncle got me started in investing when he said, do you want to be a millionaire when you're age 50? And I was 22 at the time. And I said, of course, who doesn't? He said, okay, I'm going to give you the guidance and the tips to do it, but you have to follow these rules disciplined and without emotion. I said, okay, I can do that. So he said, you're going to invest the maximum for the Roth IRA. And at that time it was $5,000 a year in an index fund matching the S&P 500, which traditionally, historically for many years has grown anywhere between seven to 8% uh, per year. And when you average it out. And so he said, you're going to do that as soon as you have those funds available every at the beginning of the year. But then you're also going to match your employer's 401k. And at this time, the current employer I had only had those conservative funds that would, you know, basically match the S&P 500. So you're going to do that, too. You're going to max that maximum out. And you're not going to look at what's going on in the stock market or anything that dips and crashes. And this is before the, the 08, 09 crash. And this is before the 2018 and all the different things that we've experienced. Uh, and we always are going to experience that every few years. And so I did that for the first 11 years. And it yielded great results because of the power of compounding. Right. And so. Uh, and discipline in doing that allows it to compound over time. It's kind of like that penny rule. Uh, if you guys have ever heard the uh, story of, or I guess analogy, nah, I guess story, uh, that would you rather have a million dollars up front uh, given to you within a, a, you know, a month, day one, I give you a million dollars, or would you like me to give you a penny? Every day, I'm going to double that penny for 30 days. And would you rather have that as the option of payment? Well, of course, anyone who's not doing their homework and not really thinking it through and doing the math is going to say, I want the million dollars up front. But with the penny compounding over 30 days, by the end of that compounding, it gets really big when it doubles. And by the end on the 30th day, the person has $5.3 million, 5x what they would have been given up front by having patience and discipline and holding through it all and letting compounding do its work, that's a lot more money. And the same concept kind of goes with investing in the stock market. So uh, definitely encourage you to ask your employer if you have a brokerage link, because you can then have the choice of picking your individual stocks. And after learning how to identify great companies that I believe in, I've earned conviction in, and that I believe will be sustainable for long term, that will be around 20 years from now. Um, I was blessed and fortunate that I was able to double that money in a very short amount of time because I was choosing the investments opposed to just letting it be in the S&P 500. But you may not be a stock nerd like myself and enjoy this. You may just want your money to grow, not think about it, and just know that it's going to compound over time. And there's a lot of good index funds that you can do that with. Uh, and I've, you know, had this conversation with family members and that's how they would like to invest. They don't care to, um, 
spend time understanding a business or, or picking individual companies. But I will tell you, uh, if you do that, you have a lot better chance of beating the market than just keeping where the market is. But either or, you have to know yourself and what your goals are, what your interests are, what your time allotment is, and what really are you trying to achieve? Now, another point here in point six is maxing out your employer's employee stock purchase program. If you believe in your company and where it's headed and know that you're going to be there for the long haul and you're invested in them, then maxing that out is a good thing because you're going to be able to uh, receive those compounding results as the company grows. Now, if you don't want to have more concentration of your finance and time into the company you work for, that's okay too, because you can still max out that employee stock purchase program, and then you can sell that stock at the discount because typically most companies will give you at the lowest price plus a discount. And you take those earnings and you invest it in an index fund or an individual company or several companies that you believe in. So anytime there's a discount on money that you can take advantage of, you want to do that in the market. Um, now, point number seven is pay your credit card bill off every month. Um, I know that there's some people that, that are very strategic in how they leverage their personal debt and they make it work for them and they make more money from that. I would really caution you around this uh, unless you have that financial guidance and experts helping you with whatever business you're trying to start and leveraging your debt to make more money, uh, I would say it's easier to uh, make sure you have a clean uh, bill of health or bill of financial health around how much debt you have, right? You know, everyone has a mortgage if they have a house, um, and that's good debt. Uh, you obviously want to have that at a good um, interest rate, which actually leads us to point eight. If you want to live in your house for a long time, refinance to get the lowest rate possible and get a 15 year mortgage. This allows you to, um, you know, have that equity at a faster rate than, uh, and, and not have that debt to pay or that payment after those 15 years. But instead of paying extra on your mortgage, this was something I had to learn. And I wish someone would have talked to me about this previously because I was paying extra on my house for seven years. And there's nothing wrong with that. The goal was to get the house paid off and not have that stress of having a house payment. Uh, at the same time, you could yield a lot more than what that fixed income or fixed interest is uh, if you uh, pay extra on your, instead of paying extra on your mortgage, put that extra money into the stock market for either an index fund or individual companies you believe in. That's a very personal choice. One that is once again, not advice. Uh, this is my opinion. Uh, everybody needs to think about what's best for them. And the point of these, these best practices or tips um, or opinions is that you have to know yourself financially. You have to know what is your goals for yourself, your family, talk with your spouse uh, and, and your kids and what those goals are and start getting in front of that and making a plan. Uh, 90%, 95%, I would say, of the, the battle is making preparation and planning 
uh, a priority and then knowing how you're going to execute and get there. This episode of Dominating Your Investments is brought to you by 7investing.com. This is one of the services that I subscribe to and have for a while now um, that allows you to get a glimpse of all the different types of investments there are and getting also recommendations uh, each month. You get seven recommendations from seven different individuals uh, from their team, ranging in different fields of experts in retail to uh, biotech to technology and also get a wide variety of stock picks depending on the type of investor you are. Some picks are for high growth investors, others for dividend and uh, more conservative investing. So you get a wide variety uh, with detailed research. One of the things I love is that you get a full breakdown of the recommendation for a full research report. Uh, as well as the financials and how the company has been doing. Uh, and they track their results. So they post what they've, what they've actually in recommended and where it's gone. So it's a very transparent service. Um, and I love to get all the research. They have a podcast, a live stream where you get to interact with those uh, seven investors uh, monthly. And so the first service is $49 a month if you pay on the monthly. If you pay on the annual, you actually can get a discount for uh, my listeners. It is uh, The code is DOMINATING with capital D-O-M and then lowercase, the rest of the letters there. Uh, instead of paying $3.99 per year, you actually get it for $3.49. And that would give you the whole year of seven recommendations uh, for each month. So uh, doing my math, that's 84 different recommendations that you're getting. Um, and not every stock you have to invest in, right? You have to go back and know yourself. But having a service like this allows you to do research faster. It allows you to interact with other investors in the area. And some of the team members even have a PhD uh, in different areas as well. So uh, I highly encourage you uh, to, to try this service out and really help do your own due diligence and research with leveraging7investing.com. Number nine is start saving for retirement and for your kid's college or a wedding could be uh, and start saving early. Uh, so your Roth IRA, once again, can be used for your kid's college uh, or a first time house purchase with no penalty, uh, which can really help out a new family. Uh, don't invest in an expensive car or boat uh, if you're trying to achieve some of these savings goals and um, really trying to live financially free and independent. And that's really the goal of these 25 points that I'm, I'm hitting on is that if you want to be financially free with your time and your money uh, and do what you love on your schedule, then you want to make sure to live within your means so you can accomplish those goals. Uh, and investing in a boat or an expensive car is a very highly depreciating asset uh, that depreciates very fast. Uh, and how frustrating is it when the car or the boat gets a dent or a scratch or a repair for maintenance or unforeseen uh, maintenance issue? So, you know, all of these things you want to think about, because uh, if your ultimate goal is financial freedom and independence, then you want to figure out how do I get there faster? Right. Um, but there's nothing wrong with enjoying what you own as well. If, if you want a boat and you want 
a car and accept the fact that that might, you know, interfere with those goals of financial independence and you're okay with it being a depreciating asset, then more power to you. You it all comes back to knowing yourself. But from a financial strategic mindset and strategy, that's going to make it slower to reach that financial independence, depending on, uh, you know, what you're making and, and, and all of your other uh, strategies and things that you've put in place. And don't be house poor, but live within your means and it will allow you more flexibility with your time, your finances, and especially your future for your spouse, your kids, and generational wealth of making sure you're able to put savings away, to put retirement, to put uh, money with your 401k and, and make sure that you have an emergency fund in case something happens. Once again, this is not financial advice. These are just tips and tricks that have made life easier for myself and other investors. And you can see all the different books out there about personal finance. Um, but it does help when you uh, can have that flexibility and know that if something happens, we have that emergency fund and, and we're able to to uh, not stress about that. Number 12, teach your children about stocks and investing and the importance of hard work and earning a dollar and saving a dollar. Some of the best guidance you can give your children when it comes to finances is introducing it to them early. It's never too early to try to teach your kids good values and ability to uh, value what they've worked for and, and the importance of saving and patience and discipline. Because that is, if instilled at an early age, will will benefit them their their entire life, right? We live in a society of of instant gratification a lot of the times, and uh, sometimes the best things we see uh, from a financial perspective uh, are when we have patience and discipline and wait for those things, and that's when they happen, and it's so much more rewarding. Number 13, always having an emergency fund that is liquid and accessible as life is unpredictable and you'll be thankful you are well prepared. Uh, I forget the statistic that I saw earlier last year. It was like the average American household, uh, a high high number of them um, are not prepared or do not have $400 for an emergency fund. You know, don't let your situation uh, consist of that, Right. That comes back to personal finance management and living within your means and making sure that you're saving for that rainy day or that it, that challenge that may come unpredicted. Um, now, number 14, it, it's just, once again, something that is uh, personal to me. Um, all of this is personal opinion. This is not advice. This is just seeing 25 things that I have prioritize when it comes to finance in my life. Um, giving back to the church and tithing at least 10%. Uh, and, and I live by that because it's not my money anyways. Um, that's just my my opinion uh, and my faith. Uh, but giving to others in charity as it's better to give than receive um, and know that you're making a difference. Um, and that truly, I think, regardless of what you believe in, uh, will make a difference for you and uh, is very rewarding. Number 15, don't worry if someone doesn't like your stock choice or investment. It's not their money anyways to invest or utilize. I see this all the time on Twitter. Uh, people get upset if you don't have their stock in your top 10 uh, or you don't you know, talk about their company versus another competitor. 
Uh, a lot of people want their stock picks to be talked about so they can feel nice and have conviction, a borrowed conviction and affirmation that they're picking the right uh, stocks because someone else said it's great, right? And only you can earn that conviction around your investments. You know, you can do the homework. You can really decide, do I believe in this, this, this founders led CEO? Do I believe in the business model? Do I believe that it's chasing a trend or, or leading a trend that's going to be here for the next five to 10 years? So that kind of goes right into point 16. You can't borrow or buy conviction. You can only earn it by doing your own research firsthand and your own due diligence and then live with the outcomes. Not all stocks are going to be winners. But if you have a diversified portfolio, you know, of at least I would say five to 10 stocks, if not even more, more like 15 to 20, uh, your winners are going to win. And ultimately, you're going to see your portfolio weight towards those winners. So it will actually be more concentrated than diversified because of winners winning. Uh, and they will cover all of those losing companies. But you have to do your own research and, and due diligence. Uh, or else you're never going to have your own conviction. Point 17, invest in founder-led companies as they have a track record of being more successful. And you can look at all the statistics you want. There's a lot of reports out there. Um, the leaders are more committed to the company culture, typically are stronger, and they're longer sustained. And founder-led leaders uh, sometimes even treat their, their companies better than their children. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but from a financial standpoint, I will say, uh, you know, their commitment level, you know, that they're treating that business like a third child, uh, and they are nurturing it and making sure that the vision they had for it, uh, is getting executed. Um, and that's not every owner, right? Like none of these are absolutes. There's always going to be gray area, but what we're talking about is the statistics and the, the averages of what we've seen in the market for the last two, 300 years. Uh, these are things that have been typically true, right? Once again, this is not financial advice. This is just for entertainment, enlightenment to see if this maybe matches up with how you invest or, you know, your thought process. Um, number 18, be diversified in your investments, especially according to your risk tolerance. For me, I don't plan on utilizing any of the, my investments until the next 15 to 20 years. Um, so I do invest in more riskier companies that are disruptive, innovative, focused on technology typically or hyper growth companies, but may not even be profitable at the moment. Um, my conviction is in the ownership, the founder led leaders, the uh, trends and where technology is moving and changing the society we live in. Um, how are people using technology for good, not evil, uh, and, and focusing on making a global impact? I like to call these companies world changers, you know, opposed to just impacting North America. Are they impacting uh, all countries and do they have a global mindset? And for me, I can wait for that to develop and flourish because I'm waiting 15 to 20 years. I'm not trying to look at the next earnings report that uh, shows the stock, you know, dipped or did not and, and sell my position. For me, knowing myself and what my goals are allows me to know that it's okay if they have a bad earnings. Now, I want to understand why. I want to make sure my thesis is still intact because that's important. But I'm not living from 90 day quarters or even 
one to two years, I'm, I'm giving the, the company time to grow. Um, but I do check every quarter to make sure the thesis is intact. Because if something has changed with my thesis, then I need to reevaluate the stock. And that's the benefit of doing your own homework, doing your own due diligence, because you're then able to cross-reference your notes, uh, look at what you're seeing and, and say, okay, is this still line up with what I thought this company was going to do? Um, and you also want to have imagination in that. I don't even think this is in the, the 25 points, but invest. If you're investing for the long term, make sure you have imagination included in what you envision that company to be like. Uh, you know, when I look at Palantir, which all of you know is my favorite company, I imagine a company that is going to help mid-market companies with a modularized product that is impacting multiple verticals, including the 40 they're already in. I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning them helping and partnering with other data companies to help companies make decisions better, um, but also eventually possibly even have a consumer product that makes consumer life easier. Um, and I'm envisioning them to continue to help other Western uh, allied companies do better from security and from uh, having their product, the core operating system of their business uh, in the enterprise. And so I imagine all of this because I believe they're going to have more products than the three that they have today. So have imagination when you think about companies. You know, is Pinterest going to be only just an e-commerce type of business? That's not necessarily the case, but you have to have imagination to let your investment ideas grow. And not all of them are going to be winners once again. But if you have a couple winners, they will cancel out your losers. Um, so the next one here is uh, number 19. Really ask yourself if an expensive wedding is the best decision financially. This is something that I wish me and my wife, you know, asked ourselves. Um, we believe it's about the journey, not that day, and could make uh, your your starting of your marriage even easier when uh, you have that money to put into uh, the stock market or a house or something else that's more longer term focused. Um, I wish we did this. We did not. Uh, but this is a personal decision. This goes back to knowing yourself and talking with your spouse. And um, all of this is not advice. It, it's just sharing living lived experiences and uh, making you think twice about some of these points. Um, never stop learning is point 20. Learn from others, read, find a successful mentor. Uh, this is something that uh, took me a long time to, to have a, a work mentor, to have a personal life mentor, um, and even a spiritual mentor. Uh, these are things that can benefit you throughout your life and investing. Uh, I learned from many of the FinTwit investors uh, on Twitter, uh, my closest investing friends, uh, you know, learning from them on a daily basis uh, and role models who have impacted the market for decades. You know, you got Warren Buffett, you got Peter Lynch, uh, you got, uh, I love Chris Mayer's book, 100 Baggers. I don't know how many times I've plugged that book. Um, but it is just a great book for long-term investors as well as Morgan Housel. I think he's wrote the best book on money ever called the psychology of money. Um, so 
you know, really find some mentors and others that you can learn from and, and enjoy learning. If you don't like reading, I'm not a reader, right? Like, but I listen. So I do audible. I do audible books. I also have got, and this is not a, I'm not paid by this, this app or advertising. I would advertise for them if they had have me is Speechify. Speechify is a great app for your iOS devices to take any article from, you know, Seeking Alpha or, you know, whatever internet article that you want for your investments or, or it could be just, um, you know, other things that are not investment related, sports, whatever. Uh, but it takes articles and text and it will put a person to read it for you and listen to you on your phone when you're doing chores around the house or, you know, driving to work. Um, that makes it easy to learn about new things and uh, be constantly trying to be exposed to new experiences and continuing to enjoy learning and and grow your knowledge of wealth that you can share with others. So um, it's called, the app's called Speechify. Um, it is a paid app after a certain amount of time, but uh, it really has made it really easy for me to get through my investment Um thesis on companies and just constantly keeping up with research. As you guys know, Palantir puts news out like almost every day. So it's tough to keep up with everything um, and other stocks like NVIDIA. Uh, but always welcome learning, always welcome getting to know more. Um, and number 22, share your failures. Actually, you know what? I skipped number 21 and this is live or not live, but this is uh, un, mostly unedited, uh, it will be. There are great investing services you can try out that are not expensive and well worth trying. Um, as you heard me earlier in the show, talk about Seven Investing, and uh, that's one of the investing services that I use. And so, uh, you know, get others' uh, perspective and research and and. Um, once again, you can't buy someone's conviction, though. Just because someone gives you a stock pick doesn't mean that you have earned the conviction. You have to do the homework and do the due diligence and, and see if you agree with that. Right. That's that's part of the process. So if you're looking for free lottery tickets, I would never use any service as a free lottery ticket. Um, that is just my opinion. Now, on to number 22. Share your failures, not just your successes with others. Uh, everyone learns more from failures. I learned about the stock dilution from investing in Aurora cannabis uh, and other cannabis stocks when I first started individual stock investing. I held all my shares. I haven't sold anything. So hopefully that market someday gets legalized. But, um, you know, I would say uh, share your failures. No, no one's perfect in investing. Um, so don't believe that if you see someone and they talk about all their returns and everything else. And sometimes you just want to feel good about sharing, hey, I've done well individual investing and you can too. And that's fine. You know, I post sometimes, you know, what, what, where I'm tracking versus the market. Um, but you don't have to win with a million different stocks. Invest higher in the stocks you have ultimate conviction. And that's another point uh, around the failures that I learned. You know, you don't have to have you can win like Peter Lynch. Peter Lynch had thousands of stocks. But what I've found from for me personally, I could not keep up with the due diligence and the homework on all the different companies to have a stronger conviction to then concentrate my portfolio. So I really had to start narrowing down what are my thesis? What are the things that I believe in most in society that are going to happen in the next 10, 20 years? 
uh, and what leaders are going to lead that charge. Um, so just food for thought. Uh, number 23, be humble and know there's a factor of luck involved in investing. I love this one. I got this from Morgan's book. Uh, once again, the psychology of money. Um, there will always be a better investor out there as well. So know that and accept that. That's, that's totally fine. Uh, and if you haven't read this book, I would highly recommend it because it gives you perspective. You need perspective in the market when things are going down and they're red and they're crazy. Uh, I would also say limit your watching of CNBC. I, I'm a, uh, and other channels, I'm not picking them out, just media in general, uh, when it comes to investing because their agendas may be different than your agendas. And this goes back to knowing thyself in what you want to invest in and what are your goals? What am I using this money for? If I'm not going to touch this money for 10 years, why do I care about, you know, one of these media channels talking about how the stock market's going to crash, right? Um, but if you're closer to that retirement uh, age, you know, obviously do more homework, do, do more due diligence around that because that would impact you. So this goes back to knowing yourself. Do you need that money in the next three to five years? You should be a lot more conservative, in my opinion, with your funds if you're retiring in the next three to five years, right? So, you know, get a financial advisor, someone you trust, someone that you, you really can open up to, but definitely um, know your goals and stick to your conviction around those goals. Um, and there is a factor of luck involved in investing. Uh, there's just, you have to be humble about it um, because that does play a role. Uh, be number point number 24, be patient and hold your investments and continue to add your winners. And I learned this from uh, Motley Fool legend, uh, co-founder, CEO and creators uh, and brothers, David Gardner and Tom Gardner. Um, you know, I've been a Motley Fool uh, in, investor uh, for three years now, um, and, and they have impacted multiple investors, millions around the world, uh, as well as the services that are out there as, as well, other services. Uh, and the longer you hold your stocks, the higher your chances go up by beating the stock market average results. And that's so true. The, the longer your time horizon, the, the better your chance is of beating the market. And there's a graph in the paper I wrote. It shows like after 16 years, your chances are like 99.8% that you'll beat the market um, or have positive returns. I think maybe that that's actually the point I think it is, is that you'll, you'll have positive returns. But either way, um, time is, is, is what allows you to reap the rewards of compounding. So know yourself, know what the funds are for, know what the goals are for, and then you can get guidance and invest accordingly. Um, number 25, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of other lessons that I have left out uh, regarding this list um, and that are pro from proven investors and who have excellent track records, et cetera. Uh, uh, et cetera. But in this final point, uh, I would just say um, you can't buy or borrow conviction. Um, you have to make sure that you are doing the homework, that you are learning. Um, and if you don't care to do that, invest in an index fund, right? Um, but all of that comes back to knowing yourself, knowing what is the goal for your family, your spouse, this money. Um, money cannot bring happiness, in my opinion. 
um, but it can fund a lot of the uh, ability to have financial uh, independence and freedom, which will allow you uh, the chance to have more uh, happy experiences with your family and friends and do what you love and what you're passionate about. Um, and it's also will not bring joy. There's a clear difference between joy and happiness, but that's for another podcast. Um, so hopefully this has been really enlightening and just educational. If you've made it through all 25 points here in the podcast and haven't shut it off, I, I thank you for listening. Um, we'll have another episode later this week. Uh, around some of the earnings that have happened. You know, we had Roku drop earnings. We had Fastly. Um, and so we'll go through a couple of those. And, and you know, I know we talk a lot about uh, Palantir, NVIDIA, Digital Turbine, but we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna spread it out. We're going to spread the love out. Uh, there's a lot of fun companies to talk about. And um, so expect that coming forward in the podcast. And uh, if you want to hit subscribe, there also will be some special interviews that uh, will be part of the subscribed version of the podcast. Uh, and I'm thinking through some different things of uh, what kind of service I could provide that would make it worth, you know, supporting and monetizing this and, and you guys putting donations for, for my podcast. Um, thought about Patreon. I've thought about other different things. So drop me a, a DM or, or a Twitter remark or a comment on the podcast. Um, I'm really trying to make sure that I can provide uh, a lot of content that means a lot to you guys and is helpful, it's insightful, educational, uh, but also that it, it, I can start monetizing that so where I can do this more often. Um, so thank you again. And remember, it's never too late to dominate your investments. So once again, thanks for listening in to Dominating Your Investments. And remember, it's never too late to start. So I hope this helps you get some encouragement on how to look at a company from a qualitative and quantitative perspective. Um, and if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at uh, DominicRinaldi9 and give me a follow and look forward to uh, providing more content like this uh, on my podcast. Now for the disclaimer, dominating your investment is for entertainment and educational purposes only. This should not be taken as financial advice and is just that of my opinion on investing. If you found that informational helpful and entertaining in today's interview, you can also give me a follow at DominicRinaldi9. Thank you again for listening and remember, it's never too late to start dominating your investments.